0: Coming up on today's podcast. I think as Catholics, sometimes it gets easy to maybe discard them and say, oh, well, that's a Protestant thing, or they don't have the fullness of truth, or we have the Eucharist. And in my mind, I'm like, you're right. Like They don't have the fullness of truth, and yet look at what they're doing with the partial truth. Look at the passion and the zeal and the effort financially and and, and with bodies and all that. And we have the Eucharist, and we use it as an excuse.
1: Welcome back in to the Spirit-Filled Media Podcast, your weekly inspirational jolts of caffeine from our dear host, Deacon Steve Greco, the president of Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry. And speaking of caffeine, Deacon's guest today is a longtime youth leader who brings an energy and zeal to his Catholic faith that will surely inspire you. His name is David Calavita, and he also shares some thoughts and ideas on how we're doing our person-to-person witness in the church today and how we can learn a lot from our Protestant brethren.
2: Hello, everyone. This is Deacon Steve Greco. We're here back with a couple of people who are two of my favorite people. David Calavita, who is a national leader for Life Teen Evangelist, been involved with teen and young adult ministry for many, many years. We want to talk about young adults and this new evangelization, and I'll get to you in a second regarding that, but welcome back on the show.
0: Thanks so much for having me. I'm I'm honored to be here again.
2: And someone we had on the show a number of times, who is uh, another young adult evangelist, along with David, and who's been active in our ministry at Spirit-Filled Hearts and involved in, in really building a lot of young adults to come to Christ. Katie Hughes, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Well, this whole subject of evangelization with young adults is something that is near and dear to Everyone's heart in the church because we talked last week about the youth being the future and the critical nature of it. Well, certainly, as critical as the youth is, we can't forget about those young adults. And we're, you know, categorizing that as post college in a sense uh, to, you know, in their 30s, as, as both of you are. First of all, let's start with what is evangelization? What is this new evangelization all about, David?
0: The term new evangelization is.
2: It's kind of been a
0: buzzword if you go to any conference or if you, you know, kind of listen to any sort of Catholic uh, news outlet. But I I think kind of it it comes with a lot of ambiguity, like new evangelization. And and we kind of hear these words, uh, new order, new methods and new expressions. And then we just kind of out of excitement, maybe jump in and just do a bunch of new things without actually stopping and kind of maybe looking back. And I think for myself in ministry, one of the most important factors to understand about the new evangelization is exactly that, that you always need to be on the lookout of the new. And I don't mean new teachings or new truth, because obviously that doesn't change, and that's the beauty of our church for 2,000 years. But new is in the sense of Keeping your pulse on society, on culture. How is culture dialoguing right now? How is society engaging with each other? Like, what's relevant to them? How are things shifting? And by being aware of that, so we can actually meet them in that grounds and communicate on that way, you know? Um, like the digital kind of revolution, a lot of culture happens digitally. If we as a church refuse to do that just because it's new, like, boom, we've already lost them, you know? So we gotta be open to how culture is evolving and be aware of where they're going in order to keep communicating in the same language to them.
2: This is Deacon Steve Greco. We are here at Christ Cathedral talking about the role of evangelization with young adults. The word evangelization, the root word in Greek means good news. And receiving the good news of Jesus Christ fills your heart for all of eternity. The new evangelization really started with the Second Vatican Council in which we are told that evangelization is the very heart of the church. And then uh, St. Pope John Paul II said that we need to commit all of the church's energies to this new evangelization. And what was this new evangelization? Well, it's not just going off to foreign lands, Mm -hmm. but it is spreading the good news of Jesus Christ to those closest to us, those in our families, those sitting in the pews, those that don't go to church. You know, David, you had a statement here at the break where you talked about the fact that We have 1.3 million Catholics uh, registered in, in the Diocese of Orange. But perhaps only 400,000 go on a regular basis. And I've heard about 16% go regularly, is, is all nationally. And, and Katie, you know, in, in your opinion, as it relates to young adults, uh, well, I don't see too many of them in church. And uh, what is it about young adults that you know, perhaps get turned off by going to, to Mass on a regular basis? And what are some of the issues in which uh, we need to do a better job connecting with them?
3: I think a lot of young adults are distracted by things of the world, and we all have a certain amount of time each day, and where do we put our priority, and what is our world telling us our priority is? For me, as a young adult, earlier on, I went to Sunday Mass, and I never gave up on going to Mass. Sometimes I would skip, but... It was something I was supposed to do, and I knew I was raised that way, and so it stayed with me. Um, I think sometimes if you don't have that history in your life as a child, as a teen, and your parents say soccer's more important, entertainment's more important, someone's birthday party is more important, well, then that's that's the status quo, and that's Mm -hmm. what's happening, and I think We have to change that. We, I'm not a parent, but parents need to change that as they're raising their children. Say, I'm sorry, God comes first. And if you aren't standing up and saying that with your actions, well, your children are going to follow what you do. Mm -hmm. So um, that's where I see the, the problem. However, I do think there's a place where you can meet the young adults where they are and find them. And that sometimes it's on the street, it's sometimes evangelizing at a concert, or maybe it's even at a bar where you're at. Wherever it is that they are and they're missing, they're not at church, that's kind of where you have to go sometimes.
2: David, you had talked about this in our last show, about meeting them where they're at, and so many times the young adults just don't feel like the Catholic Church is, is as relevant as it could be.
0: Yeah, I think, um, well, it's interesting when it comes to the relevance, the idea of the Catholic Church. um, The mass, the the gospel, the church is eternally relevant, but I think our mediocrity covers up that relevancy for the people around us. And instead of seeing the beauty of the church, they see us settling or our mediocrity kind of being put forward. And I think we see the results of that. I had a young adult come up to me, honestly, one of the coolest Catholic young adults I've met, an amazingly talented musician. And he came up to me and he just was kind of wailing over the fact he said, more and more, I don't feel there's a place place for me in the Catholic Church. And here you have, I mean, a young middle 20s has so much to offer and is ready to offer and just not being met with this this um, receptivity of the church and kind of meeting, again, him where they're at and having this striving for greatness of opportunity to, to reach the young adults.
2: There seems to be a communication gap, David, too, in terms of, of how we communicate to young adults. and. Again, not being a young adult, but at least my perception is is that the way they see the world through social media, yeah. the way they communicate, the way that they just process things are so much different, and we need to, to just do things differently to be able to connect with them.
0: Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, historically, that's what what Christ did. He used certain types of parables to reach certain types of people. You know, who lived in kind of a certain way or a certain culture, and and really by using a parable. He was speaking in their language, so to speak, and then we see—I mean, even the importance of Vatican II of, of the people being able to hear the, the Mass and the Gospel in their own language. Well, like as society, the way we speak is so much more than just the actual, you know, English, Spanish, whatever it may be. Our cultures speak and interact in a certain way, and we need to kind of understand that if we are going to be able to speak our message to that culture. So we need to be aware of what young adult culture looks like and how they interact. We need to be aware. Of, of really the um, the quality that they're saturated with not of content but of like beauty and things I mean whether it's the idea of, of music or movies or even something like like an Apple product right I mean everything is presented to them in this sense of quality and sure there's a lack of content but if we don't stop and ask ourselves what's the quality of our efforts, we're already a step behind because they're being saturated with a certain level of expectation or a certain level of excellence in some ways. And if we don't start there, then um, we are kind of lost them already, I think, in how we communicate to them. Katie?
3: I really feel that not only is it the content, but also where you're coming from. Are you coming from a place of love? Mm. Are you coming from a place of not condemning, rather accepting them where they are and then you know seeing what is positive about about them and encouraging them you you know just like use the gifts of the Holy Spirit and encourage these youth who um, need to feel good about themselves because a lot of times they aren't.
0: Yeah, I would say young adults, they don't need condemnation, they need investment.
2: Well, you know, it's its kind of interesting because at Spirit-Filled Hearts, we've been heavily involved in working with young adults, having them part of our prayer teams, having them part of evangelization and and working with them. And And one of the things that's so important to me is when I invite them to be prayer team leaders, You know, they look at me like they're in a state of shock Mm -hmm. that I would even ask them, you know, because they don't necessarily see themselves in a leadership role or they think that I wouldn't see themselves in a leadership role. Right. So our ability to provide confidence to them to say that. I, in a sense, embrace you and value you is extremely important.
0: Absolutely. You know, um, in between segments, we were talking about that um, the outreach event we did in, in, in the heart of the city. And part of that is we formed a, a street team of just young adults who were willing to get the message out there, bring uh, invitation cards to everyone, and everyone whether it was a church or whether it was a gym or whether it, we were on like a, a trail going for a hike. And... We had about 30 young adults who were helping us spread the words just very organically, grassroots. And at the end of this event, we brought them all together to thank them and we, we fed them and stuff. And I was just pouring out my heart thanking them because it wouldn't have been what it was without them. And so many of them came up to, to our leadership and they said, Thank you for giving us a place. And I, I was kind of like dumbfounded. They said, No, thank you for like giving me something to do for the church. And we were, the leadership, we were talking, we were so amazed. Here we were, so grateful, like begging their help. And they were just so willing to serve the church. They just need to be given an outlet that that meets meets that passion in their heart, you know. And I think as a church, we've kind of overlooked that a lot, and just kind of let them and their talents float by.
2: This is Deacon Steve Greco with David Calavita, who is a national leader with teens and young adults, with Katie Hughes, who is actively involved with evangelization of young adults uh, through Spirit-Filled Hearts, our ministry. And we're excited to talk about what we can do in my generation and the older generation to work with young adults, to, to really create value with them, to love them unconditionally, to support them and to build leadership. David, you, you had a line here that you mentioned to me that we can't just do new things, we have to do new things greatly. And how does that relate to young adults? And I know you've done these some of these new things and tell us about some of those events.
0: Yeah, well, I think, um, again, kind of off this idea of the new evangelization, we do hear that new art or new methods, new expressions, and we kind of just think, well, we just have to do new things. And so, well, we have to get a new website or our parish has to be on Twitter or whatever it is. And that may be true, but I think if we often look at what we're doing, are we doing those new things just to say we've done them or are we actually doing them greatly? Are we putting effort and intentionality behind it? And um, I I think that that's something that's we kind of as a church or as church leaders have to, I don't know, be a little bit culpable for is understanding it's not enough just to do something new. We have to do it greatly in the sense with with a a passion, with an intentionality, with um, a relevance in how we're delivering it to the culture. And one of the things we're trying to do, um, if I have time to share, I'll I'll share quickly, but you mentioned the statistic. I mean, less than 400,000 of Catholics in our diocese aren't attending Mass, really. And so, we realized that we wanted to do some events to lead them to an encounter with Christ in the Eucharist But it wasn't necessarily going to be the best if we did it at church, because most of those people aren't coming to church to hear about the event as it was. So we empowered a street team with some advertising cards, and we set up this event called God Among Us, and it was just simply a bunch of youth ministers in the area who wanted to reach out to the young adult community wherever they were. We rented out this historic theater in Santa Ana called the Yoast And kind of the beauty of it is any day of the week, it's like a, a rave or a burlesque show or something that is probably pretty far from the gospel. And some people kind of gave us flack. Well, why would you do a church thing there? And I'm like, well, that kind of sounds like where Jesus hung out in the gospels, you know? And so we were like, let's let's do it there because people feel comfortable going there who may not feel comfortable being in a church. And then once we rented the place and had this plan, it wasn't enough to just do it, we we made sure that the, the art and the advertisement, the branding, the hospitality, we trained people on how to be nice. And it may sound dumb, but like we did. We trained our volunteers. How do you greet someone? How important is it to actually make eye contact and welcome them to this event and walk them in, help them find a seat? How important is it to ask their name? You know, things like that. We we didn't settle in music. We had some of the best musicians in the in the area be there that night to lead in prayer and worship. Everything about it we strove for greatness because we Realize the message is worth it. We have the gospel. And if we shrink back, if we settle for mediocrity in preaching the gospel, not only do we lose the people we're charged to, to be in mission to, but we've really sold the gospel and Jesus Christ short as if he deserves something less than great.
2: We cannot water it down in Absolutely. any way, shape or form. Katie, you've been heavily involved with young adult ministry in our diocese with music groups and prayer groups. In fact, you just went to a prayer group meeting last night. I believe, and what is the unique things about music and about the music groups and so forth, and what they like to hear young adults, what you like to hear, uh, and and young adults coming together in prayer.
3: Most of the uh, young adult events I go to, it's usually surrounded by adoration, mm-hmm. and with that, you have someone facilitating that, a priest, and I find that. When they show how much they love Jesus, how much they adore the Eucharist, um, they're such a wonderful role model for the start. And then you add in the music, and music is for everyone, and there's all kinds of music. And even like the musicians who are secular and their music is nothing of the Lord, their hearts and their minds are seeking passion, love. And I mean of the soul. They want to feed their soul. And music does that. And you can do it in a positive way. However the quality is so important Mm -hmm. you um, need to prepare yourself you need to have a group of people who know what the objective is as far as reaching the hearts and that's doing their best and uh, loving and that's love when you do your best for others that's that agape love when you seek to do the best for someone else that's my experience when I go to these events is the love comes through the passion of the music being played it touches their heart Um, having the visuals of seeing the words it's poetry so you're touching another part of their Mm -hmm. soul with the the literature that's there and then you have this community around and centered on jesus and um, jesus has the power and that's what sometimes people have to realize we can do a lot of stuff and we can create a lot of venues, but if Jesus isn't at the center and the love of Jesus isn't there... At some point it's going to fall apart. Mm -hmm. If it starts to become about just the music, if it starts to become just about the the pride of the speaker or the teacher, it ends up being about them, well, then it's not in the right place and it may fizzle out. You may have some people, but the draw is going to um, come to an end because the Holy Spirit isn't there. You're there instead Mm. and you don't have the power
2: comment, David, from your perspective.
0: Yeah, a couple of things. One, just what you said right there about um, the Holy Spirit isn't there, you're there. Uh, my boss, he, one of the greatest things I heard him said, he said, what a horrible thing if people come to the church looking for God and all they found is us. You know what I mean? I think the way we don't That's prepare right, our hearts, yeah. you know, the way we aren't receptive, receptive and out of the Holy Spirit um, in our own pursuit of holiness uh, is, is a huge kind of factor. And the other thing you'd mentioned, uh, the idea of, of quality. Um, I, I'm a graphic designer for Life Team and, and so I follow a lot of different designers As inspiration, and I saw this designer with this quote they did share, and he said, Quality isn't expensive, it's priceless and it really got me thinking, quality isn't expensive, it's priceless, because the quality, or lack of quality we put in front of our people, is going to to push them away or pull them in, you know, and I've had people who've been excited to come to church, and have been met with sadly, poor quality, or mediocrity, and it totally turns off or reinforces their negative misunderstanding of what the church is, mm-hmm. and so I think it's important, with the gospel being gold, right, being that priceless message, our quality of how we deliver it in every way. Hospitality to preaching like Deacon does here or music or whatever it is has to be up there to help us serve them to that meeting point of the gospel of Jesus.
2: Amen, amen. We're with David Calavita and Katie Hughes here at Christ Cathedral talking about the new evangelization with young adults. And it's okay for us to learn from our Protestant brothers and sisters, isn't it? And here in Orange County, we happen to have a few major mega churches, and they do some things with young adults that we can learn from. And what are some things that you've seen other, our Protestant brothers and sisters do that we could perhaps learn from?
0: Yeah, I think uh, just to reiterate what you said, not only can we learn, I think humility calls us to learn that if we see that they're doing something amazing they are attracting the culture to the gospel of Christ in a way that we're, we're not in humility like we have to under look at that and I think as Catholics sometimes it gets easy to maybe discard them and say oh well that's, that's a Protestant thing or they don't have the fullness of truth or we have the Eucharist and in my mind I'm like y- y- you're right like they don't have the fullness of truth and yet look at what they're doing with a partial truth look at the passion and the zeal and the effort for financially and, and, and with bodies and all that. And we have the Eucharist And we use it as an excuse. The Eucharist needs to be a reason for us to do great things like our Protestant brothers and sisters are not an excuse to shy away from it. And so a small personal experience, this will cost your church absolutely zero dollars. My wife and I, we've moved around a few times and recently we were in this area, uh, brand new to us, and we kind of were um, church hopping, so to speak. And we went to all the different Catholic churches in the area for about the first three or four months that we were there. So we were brand new people at every single Catholic church. In that area for the first three to four months. And we went, you know, just to kind of check it out. And and it was nothing really kind of came to our attention until. One morning, we decided, um, you know what, let's go to Mass in the morning, because we know the Eucharist is the Eucharist. We know, as Peter said, where else would we go, right? And so, we went to the, to Mass to receive the Eucharist and to, to be you know, there in the morning. But in the evening, I wanted to go look at this Protestant church in the area. as a mega church, you might say, because from an evangelistic standpoint and from, a, again, a design and art standpoint, they are cutting edge. And so, I said, you know, hon, let's go take a look at it. And so, we went there for their evening service, and we had to park about a mile away in a parking structure that they rented out for their congregation's overflow. and When we got out of our car, we were met by a volunteer. said, hey, welcome to Passion City Church. We're so glad you're here. The shuttle will be here in a second. The shuttle got there. The driver, hey, welcome to Passion City Church. I'll have you to that front door in just a minute. The air conditioning's on. Come on in. You get to the door. Someone's holding the door. Hey, welcome to Passion City Church. I'm so glad you're here. Come on in. As you're walking in, literally, regular parishioners or congregate members of the congregation, hey, welcome to Passion City. Are you new? I, I don't I've never seen you before. Oh, you are? Well, here, let me help you find your seat. And you walk in and you sit down and I look to my wife and I'm kind of a smart aleck sometimes. And I go, geez, hun, we we're sure welcome to be here. Ha ha ha. And she looks at me dead face, just deadpan. And she goes, do you realize that in the four months that we've been new to every other Catholic church in the area, never once has anyone ever stopped and greeted us? And here they haven't have stopped greeting us and it cut me to the heart because how much does that cost a church nothing it's a change in mindset and as catholics that's our first defense hospitality that's evangelization and we have to do it greatly with
2: intentionality we with david calavita here at beautiful christ cathedral talking about evangelization evangelization with young adults but really evangelization to anyone and your point is so critical is that we evangelize by the little things that Amen. we do by the hellos by meeting people at church that we don't know by introducing ourselves we see young families at church do we stop and say hi to them or do we just hang with our own groups and you know often we do that right not to put a guilt trip on but often at the end of Mass, you center around the same people that you know, and right. the people come flowing out. And I know I do have an opportunity as a deacon, especially when I preach, mm-hmm. uh, to talk to people. And I go out of my way to try to introduce right. myself and or get to know people that I don't normally see. Yeah. And because we're by UCI, and so many times you get a lot of students from UCI that happen to pop in. But so many times people are church hoppers, mm-hmm. and they go from one church to another. And what do we do to make them feel welcome? That is a core of evangelization. That is a core of what Christ did. Make them feel special. Make them feel important. Some
1: excellent points there shared by Deacon Steve along with special guests David Calavita and Katie Hughes on today's Spirit-Filled Media Podcast. Keep in mind, there is a part two to this series and you won't want to miss David's eye-opening take on why our church tabernacles are traditionally made out of gold. In closing, if this message has impacted your heart, then by all means, share away so that others may benefit also. For more information on our ministry, pop on over to spiritfilledhearts.org. That's spiritfilledhearts.org. We'll see you again next time with Deacon Steve and the team. This podcast is a ministry of Spirit-Filled Media.
3: If you're enjoying these podcasts, please
0: consider supporting Spirit Filled Hearts Ministry with a one time or monthly gift. Spirit Filled Hearts Ministry is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We are only funded by generous donors who believe in our mission to evangelize.